All right. Hi, Ma Black. On the line with Sean Christie. How are you doing, man? Good. How's it going? I'm good. Um, thanks so much for taking some time today. Absolutely. Excited. So we're going to talk about some of the EDM biz work and, and just some of the other stuff you have going on. Uh, but let's start with EDM biz. You gave the keynote yesterday at the start of day one of the conference. That seems like that was a pretty last-minute thing. Was that the case? Yeah. Simon, who is the CEO or COO of Insomniac, him and I had had dinner a few nights before, and we were just reminiscing about some of the old days because although Simon's background is actually uh, in law, and that's what he initially came to Insomniac doing, prior to that, he was in dance music, so we were kind of talking about some of the things and our war stories, et cetera, so, you know, we had a very nice dinner and all that, and then I guess uh, the guy who was going to, from Live Nation, I forget who it was off the top of my head, maybe you would know, uh, he, his wife wanted to labor. Right. So oh, they just called me literally the day before and said, can you essentially pinch hit and fill in? And I said, sure, what do you, I mean, I don't have time. They said it was one-on-one. And what they needed was is essentially can you give kind of your stories with a, in like a chronological order. And so then I got on the phone with um, Andrew, who is the other gentleman from Billboard up there, Mm-hmm. And, you know, just talked about kind of the progression of dance music in America and in Las Vegas and my personal experiences with those. Yeah, I mean, you know, I was, I was there for the chat and it was really interesting. And you did, you know, talk about kind of a lot of your work from your time here until now. And, you know, just for the interview, how much have you really seen the music and nightlife culture change in your time here in Vegas? So I got here in 2000 and... I mean, just like any, uh, you know, cycle of time, and specifically in music, uh, at the end of the day, you know, in the 70s, you had disco, in the 80s, you had 80s, in the 90s, you had grunge, and, and all that stuff. So I just think that in the time that I've been here, I've seen it evolve from dance music, <clears throat> which is kind of one of the things that I was saying up on the panel, or actually on the keynote, was that people think that it exploded overnight. And what I was trying to point out is that although it may seem that way, and it certainly has had a boom, there's been a slow progression in this country that started, you know, in the mid to late 80s. And I got into it probably in the early 90s in, in somewhat of its infancy. I mean, obviously you can point back to even like, uh, you know, Paradise Garage and things like that as in, in Detroit. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's been a, it's been a, you know, two or three decade marathon to get kind of where we are today. Probably in one of the other things that I was saying was that probably, you know, with social media taking it to that next level, which is just, you know, integrating into the mainstream. Well, yeah, I mean, that kind of feeds into my next question, which is going to be, especially if you got here in 2000, you know, and that was a time when the music business was really just starting to hit, you know, the beginning of a really long, rough patch, you know, with the rise yep. of Napster yeah, and everything Napster. else that came with yeah. that. Yep. And, and you know, now we're just coming off the announcement that EDM is like a $6.2 billion industry. So, uh-huh. you know, why do you think that the industry is, is so alive, so booming in Vegas when other markets, other elements of the industry, especially in the music space, have suffered so much. 
Well, I, I think that relates back to kind of the new business model in music in general, which was, you know, when you were, as an artist, able to sell records, if you will, or CDs mm-hmm. or tapes or whatever it was, you know, people could make a lot of money on the royalties and publishing from those things. And I think that Napster changed that business model where essentially you can get any music for free. I mean, if you have a stream on a any type of device, you can generally speaking YouTube any song and get, you know, that for free. You don't have to buy it. It might not be, you know, the best quality, but if I go on YouTube and I want to hear uh, Daft Punk, full album, random access memories, and I put it on my computer in my office, and I don't have it on iTunes, I can get that for free, and I can get any song for free, and anyone can. So because you're not able to make money in the same way and in the same volume as an artist selling music, you have to do it touring, and touring when it comes to you know electronic acts and or DJs that, generally speaking, fits better uh, for DJs in a club or a festival setting. So, you know, the good news for DJs is that typically the best DJ albums, if you will, that were, you know, back in the 2000s, you know, you had like, um, I don't know what some of the brands were that I used to buy, but like Perfecto Series or Cream or, you know, and they would over time, you know, under their labels, uh, God's Kitchen or whatever it might be, you know, an artist would be under their banner and do the mix. Mm-hmm. And those were the most successful ones. I mean, in 98, I guess, kind of one of the, cro- you know, crossovers and big moments, obviously, were Daft Punk and Fatboy Slim and mm-hmm. things like that. And, and some would even say, you know, Madonna and stuff like that. But... The DJ has always been set up to tour more frequently, again, because of the clubs. I mean, it's not uncommon for any DJ, especially, you know, every DJ started somewhere. So to play five nights a week for a DJ is not uncommon. So, you know, when the when the shift happened that your money had to be made in live performances, whether that's a festival, club, or concert... Well, guess what? The DJ requires now, especially now, you don't even need records. You need a, you know, USB, a computer, whatever it might be that you're using. And you jump on a plane or in the city, you can play multiple times a day. So it, all of those things kind of converged where electronic music has been able to capitalize on kind of the new business model. And then with that, the interest in the genre and the music has exploded because of availability due to the Internet. Well, and it seems like it obviously has become so much more about the experience, and, and that's something that, you know, so many outlets now in Vegas offer where there's there's an experience. It's not just listening to music in your dorm room or on your headphones right. or whatever. You're at a pool or you're at a nightclub, you're on top of a rooftop or any of these kind of things, and that's something that you can't download. That's something you can't replicate. Right. Online. What what people want, you know, people, in my opinion, don't want in the new era to sit in a seat and experience a concert. Look, that's great, and I love to do that, but I'm 40 years old. But I believe that the younger generation want to be immersed into it. 
So not only do they want to see whoever it is, they want production elements, and they want it to be interactive. And they don't want to just be stagnant in a seat. Up, oh, you know, I'm going to get up in my seat and cheer and go down in my seat. They they want to be part of it. So things like EDC and festivals that you can go to multiple stages where there's art installations, or if you go to Encore Beach Club, you know, there's bungalows, cabanas, there's gaming areas, there's shaded areas, there's bars, there's you can be in the dance floor, you can be in the water, you can be in the showers. I mean, people want an immersive experience partnered with the music they listen to and the electronic artist or DJ or whatever it might be performing. So it's 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 a much more rounded experience now that consumers are demanding. You know, the rise of the kind of events that are now just so such destination events in Vegas, you know, it's maybe like five, ten years that those have been kind of going on in the current incarnation. You know, how do you see the music and nightlife culture and experience evolving, you know, going forward with the kind of crowds that you have now where it's kind of a younger college crowd coming to Vegas versus before it was maybe like your parents going to Vegas to gamble for a weekend. Yeah, I mean, so at the end of the day, I think Las Vegas has such a huge infrastructure. There's no, there's nowhere in the world that offers the type of experiences, outlets, conventions, pools, shows, lounges, you know, hotel rooms, all within a really close proximity to one another. And so I think that as people come in as a younger generation into Las Vegas, that it offers so many things to so many people that people come of age, and it's a good thing from the city, and what I think will happen over time is as those peer people experience it, maybe their first time coming to, you know, because EDC is tomorrow, so let's take that as an example. Maybe someone comes in for EDC this year, they're 21 years old or whatever age they might be, they're younger, they experienced Las Vegas, they got here because they wanted to see the festival, and then they stayed at a hotel, probably not at Wynn because that's one of the more expensive ones, but maybe they stayed somewhere down the strip that they were able to share a room. But as they mature over time, they see, oh, well, I was in Vegas. Yeah, I went for EDC, but you know what I saw at Wynn, all this really cool stuff, or at this hotel. So their eyes get opened, and over time, as we create generational customers to Las Vegas, those people demand different things. I mean, what you want at 21 is not what you want at 31 or 41. So you know, you're just creating a customer base, and then as those people age and mature, they want different experiences, and then those things inherently get created based on whatever, you know, kind of the new things are that happen over time. But I promise you, music is never stagnant. And what was, you know, the, you know, like look at jazz, look at rock and roll, look at hip-hop. Everything kind of have has its peak, and it's never forever, whatever that music is. If you go back to, you know, if you go back, usually it doesn't, you know, music and genres of music, they're not, their popularity isn't sustained in perpetuity. It, you know, there's a cycle. And there'll be a cycle in this music as well. 
Well, you know, along those lines, you're also working on bringing, you know, film and TV opportunities to the win and Encore now, um, you know, kind of along the lines of evolving and branching out and trying new things. You know, do you see those as kind of the next big industries to set up shop in Vegas in a, you know, bigger way than they already previously have where, you know, people think of like, oh, The Hangover was filmed in Vegas, but yep. in five years, maybe it's something where they're like, oh, these five movies come to mind. Sure. Well, Vegas every year. Vegas has been a major player for many years in the film industry. Uh, they just rolled out in Nevada a tax credit, you know, to continue to evolve and grow the industry. But, I mean, last year there was probably, I don't know, 10 movies shot in Vegas. I mean, it's just, whether it's the whole movie or not, I mean, we're currently filming uh, Mall Cop 2 in our hotel this year. But Vegas is a major player now in the, the film industry. I, so I see that growing because of, you know, tax credits and, and the politicians and lawmakers and casinos wanting to be part of that business because it's just good. Uh, it's good business and, it, and it's good exposure for the city. But uh, really, I see one of our biggest things as technology. Um, you know, there, there's a technological boom happening in Las Vegas as well. And I, I think that that is going to become uh, to be a major player in the city as well, outside of, you know, just your typical resort and food and beverage. No, I mean, I, I've seen that. And I don't even live in Vegas. I come here once or twice a year for conferences and stuff. And I see now there's the South by Southwest conference. You know, even this has tech elements to it. You know, the EDM biz conference. Oh, absolutely. Obviously, like downtown project. So, yeah, I mean, tech does feel like it's going to become a bigger component in this. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really, it's, I mean, again, if you lived here, you'd feel it and see it, but it's exploding in the city, and, and that is going to become a major player in the very near future in the city. Well, you know, I know that you have a lot going on, so I'm going to ask one final question. Um, you know, for anybody who comes to Vegas who experiences the music, the nightlife, the culture, everything that's going on here, you know, how would you encourage a new generation to come and break into the culture and the business here, you know, the way maybe you did 14 years ago or, you know, maybe in a totally different way? You mean as a consumer or someone who wants to get in the business or both? Either or. Yeah, so, I mean, look, when I came to Vegas my first time, it was as a consumer. And I was coming here for my friend's bachelor party. I stayed at the Hard Rock. And, you know, I, I really was blown away. I mean, I was from Boston. I hadn't really traveled tons, but I, you know, I had been to some places and other countries and stuff like that. But really, when I got to Vegas, I, I was blown away. And it definitely delivered on my expectations of what I thought it was going to be and then some. So that then led me to, you know, have my eyes open, and then when there was an opportunity for me to move out, well, I had experienced it, so I, I was like, you know what, that's a really cool city, definitely got a ton of stuff going on, um, it's the capital of entertainment in the world, and so I ended up segueing into, you know, being consumer, and then now having my profession and career based out of here, but as far as someone wanting to come and experience it, I mean... If you want to experience nightclubs and concerts and things like that as a young consumer, it's just like buying an airline ticket in the sense that there are are ticketing sites like Want Tickets, for example, where we put our tickets 
and we have our own site called winsocial.com, and we have an app, WinSocial, that you can also buy tickets on. But Want Tickets is a good hub. So if you buy early, generally speaking, tickets are cheaper the further in advance that you buy because, you know, we keep tickets really low to drive sales to get build a base of customers. So, And, you know, if you plan in advance, that's how you get into the party cheaper and your trip cheaper. So just like airline tickets and hotels, they all work the same way that they, as demand grows and it gets closer to events, generally speaking, prices go up. So get in early, buy early. It's a great city. And as far as um, if you want to be in, you know, the EDM and nightclub business, well, uh, you know, Las Vegas is the capital now in the world for nightclubs and for festivals and for, I guess, the business of dance music. So, you know, I always think, you know, start at the top. And the only way that, you know, anybody becomes successful in any industry is starting at the bottom usually and working your way up, and it takes time. So, you know, you got to move your butt to Las Vegas. (laughs) There's no um, state income tax, and we have great weather. So, you know, if somebody wants to, do this as a profession, you know, Las Vegas is certainly ground zero. All right. Well, I love it, man. Thank you so much for taking some time. Sean, Christy, this is a great interview. Um, Great to see you speak yesterday at the conference. Thank Thank you.